come up, but I want to share just a thought with you this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach. I believe the Lord's already preached. Uh, but I want to share a, a verse or just a couple of verses with you. And uh, many of you may know what's going on in uh, the greater southern Texas and now in Louisiana area. Our president has asked for today to be a day of prayer, to be praying for all the victims. So I encourage you, I'm going to pray now, but I encourage you to take some time maybe tonight before you go to bed and just pray. There are a lot of hurting people right now. And uh, I, I have loved the reports we've heard from our church friends down south that politics is not playing any games down there. There's no, there's no politics at all. Everybody's just helping each other. And, uh, they're, you know, in the midst of what's going on, no one's thinking about the, the, the color of skin. They're not thinking about any of that stuff because when people are hurting, everybody drops everything. Most people do. Yes, there's always some evil, evil people out there. But people are just helping. And, and I know that churches that we're connected with are overwhelmed right now. And uh, there are so many strong ministries. You probably already received the email. If you don't get our email, please call the office so you can stay current with things going on. But there's Convoy of Hope. Uh, there is Good uh, Samaritan's Purse, which I could brag on Samaritan's Purse all day long. That's Billy Graham's son, Franklin, leading that. And uh, there's, there's, there's so many more I could call. But Omaha Rapid uh, Response we're going to get behind them. We know them. Yeah, there's my cheerleader right there. So, uh, absolutely. And you're going to hear from her in just a few moments after I share a scripture with you. But, because uh, uh, she's, she's waiting. <laughs> I can see it in her eyes. She's like, a, she's like a tiger ready to pounce but, uh, on the pastor. But uh, she's like, you better get done. Uh, but uh, but I, want to just, I want to just encourage you. We're going to pray, number one, because our presence asks us to. And, but also, we should be praying for what's going on. Uh, it, it, it is bad. Um, and uh, you know what? It could have been us. So I always like to think if, if it would have been us, I would want to know that the church was praying for us. And so I just want us to pray. And I don't have the right words. My heart has been hurting over all this, just with knowing friends are uprooted. They're all in Dallas now. And so, but I just want us to pray together. And if you can, just for a moment, let's get out of our little world and put ourselves in people that are really, really hurting. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we are praying for all people that feel disjointed, that feel uh, completely moved out of everything, many that have lost everything. And, uh, Lord, I, I thank you for what the federal government's going to do. I thank you for what the church is doing. I thank you for just good people that are helping but Lord, we're asking for your intervention. And we're asking for you to come behind all that and make a way where there seems to be no way. And Lord, you are the one who can turn, you're the only one who can turn a tragedy into a triumph. And so, and, and I stand all that. I've been praying that, Lord, since this has happened. And so, Lord, we're praying for all people, and we're also praying for the church in this dire need down there, that they can be the church of the living God. That they can be your hands and feet. Lord God, that uh, you would bless them supernaturally to be able to do supernatural things of provision. And uh, Father, I just thank you that, and we stand on your word, and Brother Larry says it all the time, that you cause all things to work together for good. And so Lord, this is a bad situation. It is bad. But Lord, you can turn a bad situation into a good thing. And so Lord, would you cover every single person, especially people in that nasty water, God, that people wouldn't get anything, you would just 
uh, sovereignly in your supernatural way protect people from getting any form of sickness or disease, Lord, through all the standing water. And Father, as our Omaha Rapid Response Group goes down there, uh, Lord, on Thursday, and as many, many people are already down there, that you go before them to make a way. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to share a thought with you from Acts chapter 3. If you have your Bible on your phone or look there just for a moment, Norma Jean will come behind me, and then Hannah will close us out with announcements in the tithe and offering. And if you're new around here, this is... <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. Just everything just kind of got changed up, so that's okay. How many people know that's okay? That's okay. And so if anybody's sweating bullets, it's more me than anybody else in the room. So trying to fit it all in. But uh, I knew I wasn't going to preach, but I do have a thought to share with you from a, a popular passage of Scripture. And do I have my glasses? Uh, so Acts chapter 3, are you there? Just a thought, I want to talk to you just for just a few minutes about the power of expectation. As we go into this last leg of 2017, my question to you, and this will be on your newsletter article tonight, you'll get in your email box, what are you expecting? Now, Peter and John went up to get, uh, together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Dr. Luke was always specific. And a certain man... A, a certain man lame from his mother's womb, so it has been a long time, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms. He was asking for coins, for money, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Verse 3, this man who, seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. Verse 4, and I want to focus on this verse, these two verses, and fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said to this man, look at us. Verse 5, so he gave them, the man, the lame man, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So he gave them his attention, expecting, somebody say expecting, expecting to receive something from them. Now, we know that he was expecting to receive some money. He had no idea what was about to happen. Look what happens right here. Then Peter said, recognizing that the man was wanting money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of, Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him. Somebody say lifted. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This was a man that was lame from the moment he came out of his mother's womb. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, because you couldn't, uh, if you've gone through that, you couldn't just be walking. <laughs> walking, leaping, and praising God. How many people you know we'd be doing that and more? Come on. And final two verses, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then verse 10, then they knew, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled, somebody say filled, filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. I 
many times during the week when I know what I'm going to speak on, I will run the subject of the message by people. Some church people that walk in the door, I'll just ask them, hey, what do you think of when, you say, when I say this word? And I always ask our staff, different individually, not always the same, and I ask different people this week, what do you think of, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word expectation? I got the same answer from every single person, and no one knew what I was going to ask them. They said a child. Some way, somehow, they thought of a child with the, their, their childhood memories or that Christmas memories or uh, that birthday expectations with that, that heart of a child. And I think there's something there. We all know it about the heart of a child. Uh, you, when you, as a parent, when you teach your kids to pray and, and they get it, whatever age they get it, and you hear them praying, you realize real quickly, oh, my goodness, their faith is even bigger than mine. And they just believe that anything can happen. I love it. I love hearing my kids pray. Uh, parents, I want to encourage you. Let your kids pray. Let them pray. Let them pray. It don't have to be formulated. It don't have to be all this, thou, and this. It just let them pray their heart. Encourage them to pray it out. And amen with them. Uh, and, but it was, it was not surprising to me because the first thing my brain went to about expectations is a child. Childhood memories. I did not come from a wealthy home, but we were provided for. And I remember just many Christmas memories of just expectations of, and we didn't get a lot, but there was just expectations of great family time and being together and, and all those things. Interesting enough, Patty, uh, who basically runs this place, um, Patty, this, uh, who's at the front there, uh, our, my admin and secretary of the church, she was telling me a story. She immediately went to the story. So again, it, the immediate reaction, she said, oh, I remember one Christmas when I was real young. Uh, she's back in the back, so she said I could tell this, uh, working with the kids. And she said, I remember when I was real young, she said, I wanted a stereo so bad. And everybody knew I wanted a stereo, but you know what I got for Christmas? A mono record player. I, I had to ask her what that was. But uh, it's like a mono record player. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know what a record player. But anyway, and she said, and I, she said, I was not happy. I was disappointed. And I believe some of us in this room are disappointed because you haven't seen something happen yet. Well, that's not the end of Patty's story. So uh, she said, I was bad. She said, they needed to take me out to the woodshed. She said, they didn't do it, but I let everybody know I was miserable. Well, Patty has some siblings two twin brothers, actually, and they took her out on her birthday months later, and she got that stereo. Delay is not denial. I would ask you in this last leg, here we go. We're going into uh, the last quarter of the year. And I don't know how it started for you, but I want to encourage you, it can be different the way it finishes. I really believe that with all my heart. That is a core belief system in me, in my wife. That I cannot control anything that happens out there. But I can control my attitude, my responses, and I can choose to stand on the word of God and believe and pray. Amen? Yeah. And, and have faith and have an expectant heart. I'm afraid as we become older, speaking of myself and anybody older than a child, we become older, our expectation level of what could be drops considerably. 
maybe even disappears altogether. And we learn, listen to me, we learn to live with what is. Our expectation level of what could be drops and we learn to live with what is. A pastor said this, this is here on the quote. He said, without a fervent sense of expectancy, all we're doing is taking part in religious exercises that have no power behind them. Stay with me last couple minutes. I want to give you, because this really spoke to me, the definition of expectation. Expectation is a strong belief. Somebody say strong. It is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. It is the act or state of looking forward to an event about to happen. It's grounds upon which something excellent, I love that, is about to happen. But here's what I want to tell you. Faith is the rocket fuel of expectation. You cannot have expectation without having faith. It, it doesn't work. It starts, faith is the foundation, just like the foundation of a home, that concrete path. Faith is the foundation of expectations of God moving. And I want to encourage you something in this last leg here of 2017. Starting September is here. It's no longer knocking at the door. It is here. I want to encourage you to believe again. I want to encourage you to dream again. And I would say this to you. Why not? We've all suffered pain. You don't know all my story, and I don't know all your story. But why not continue to believe again? Why not continue to dream again? Why not continue, because of Jesus, the Spirit of God living in you, to hope again, whatever the situation is? If a son can come home, God can do anything. There's nothing that he cannot do. I want to encourage you to expect the miraculous happening in your life. I want to encourage you on Sundays, somebody say Sundays, though we live seven days a week, 24 hours a day, Sunday's a great day because it's the church coming together, but I want to expect on Sunday for it to, I want you, when you wake up that morning, almost like, what is God going to do today? Expect Him to move. Expect the miraculous to take place. I'm afraid a lot of times things don't take place because we just settle and go, this is the way it is. And we're, we're, we're limiting the creator of the universe. I, I don't understand everything. I don't have all the answers. I look at the Gospels. I, I, read, I read them in detail. And there were those in one whole city that was healed. And then there were those that Jesus hand-selected and picked it that were healed, that were talked about in the Gospels. But all I know is he still heals, and I stand on that. You don't have to understand everything. We don't have to have all the answers. It's okay. It's actually liberating to know that he does have all the answers. Expect miracles. How about this? Expect deliverance if you have some addictions in your, in your heart. Expect God to break through in your situation. Stand in faith and believe. Expect the supernatural. I'm just reading some things out of my journal. Expect divine intervention in your life. Because the natural intervention... It can't fix the marriage issue. It's going to have to be a divine intervention. It can't fix the son or daughter. We can't, hey, by the way, let's just be real. We can't even fix ourselves. 
You can read all the self-help books you want to. There, there are plenty of them. You still can't fix yourself. We need the healer to not only fix but repair and restore. And by the way, I remind you what restoration is. Look it up in your Bible. I got the same one, by the way. It's better than before. Restoration means better than before. How about this? Expect things to get better, not worse. Somebody's like, hey, you sound like a faith preacher. I am a faith preacher. We should be faith people. Now, I'm not the pie in the sky and, Lord, I'm just naming, claiming that caddy. I'm all dry. No, I'm not that person. I don't get that's extreme. I, but I, I, I do believe that it's not extreme to say that God still heals, that God can still intervene. And if it's in the B-I-B-L-E, I just choose to believe it and stand on it. We're all fighting battles. But let's believe and expect that go hand in hand. Let's believe and expect God to do something great in your life, in your family, in our church, and in our community here, in our awesome school across the street. In this area, let's believe for God to do something great. How about this? In our nation that desperately needs it. Our nation needs a good final quarter, and I'm not talking about the stock market. We gotta expect. We gotta. We gotta go back to being a child. I'm not talking about immaturity. As we were praying yesterday, I just I just say this before the Lord. Some of you have stopped believing. And I want to encourage you. I, you're like, who are you to tell me? And you're right. I'm I'm nobody. But I'm speaking from the Lord. And I want to encourage you to believe again. I I, I didn't even think about this till right now. That was the first message we preached on in January of 2017. First things first, believe. That was our series. First Sunday of the year, we just said believe. Choose, choose to believe. I know some of you have been hit, over, kicked. And I, I'm sorry for what you're going through. And we, we, we're, we're, you know what? Life, it's like Patty was telling me. I asked her, I said, why do we lose the wonder? And she said, because life is hard. I was like, that is a great answer. But can I tell you, no matter how young or old you are in this room, we can't afford to lose the wonder of our king. Just because we age and increase in age doesn't mean our faith and our level, and our level of expectation excuse me, has to decrease. I want to say that again. Just because we age, our age increases, doesn't mean our faith and our level of expectation has to decrease. Actually, I think it should go up together as we age. And I'll close it out with this from Psalms 145, 15 and 16. The eyes of all, somebody say all. Maybe, maybe you're not there today, but I would ask you, I would say this, please, please hear me on this. Even if you're angry at what I'm saying, because I heard something about this when I was going through a real painful time, and I was like, I don't want to hear that right now. But I would say, even if you can't today, just say, I can, I can believe. Maybe you can't, maybe you're just not there yet, but can I tell you what? At least look up. At least look. The man that was looking for coins, Peter said to him, look up. He wanted the man to look up at him. The man was expecting coinage, and Peter said, I don't got any money. 
But I got something greater. In the name of Jesus, get up. And we know that the man had something of faith in him, even a seed of faith, because he was expecting something. He was expecting something. Maybe you're just there. We were praying it earlier. I've been there. We've all been there. Just a little bit of almost nothing. Jesus talks about mustard seed. Have you ever seen the picture of a mustard seed? My Lord, that's so small. And somebody can feel like, I'm, I'm a wimpy Christian. He said mustard seed faith can move the mountains. So it says here in Psalms 145, the eyes of all look, say it with me, expectantly to you. And you give them their food in due season. He'll always take care of us. You open your hand. By the way, so I, I, when I was praying this yesterday, somebody needs to hear this right now. Some of you have a picture of God with a closed fist. We serve a God of an open hand. He's an, he's an open-handed God. He is not this old man in the sky to beat you over the head with all your mistakes and throw your past in your face. We serve a Father who loves us. And he has open hands. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.